Howdy ho. Hey, welcome to the Bird and the Bee podcast. I'm the bird, aka Calibri. And I'm the bee. And if you guys can hear the um, the weather sirens right now, we have a storm rolling in. We're not sure if it's going to hit us or not yet, but we have the windows open because it's kind of hot here in the studio. It's pretty muggy today. So you might hear the breeze, but it's a beautiful breeze. Hey, how you doing? It's been a busy uh, string of days, hasn't it? Yeah, I've been doing. I caught two skunks in a trap. The last thing you want to catch in a trap, because yeah, it's good to get rid of them under the house, but then it's the problem of uh, getting them out of the trap. Because mm. one, I still have in there, but the other one, like I had to take them down. You know, I had approached them with a tarp and like very slowly covered them, and then you know, so I wouldn't get sprayed because that's like a the main thing you want. But yeah. well, luckily, the first one went smooth, didn't spray at all, and I took them down the road in the woods, and then propped him open with like a brick in his trap and then i came back i didn't want to pry him out because he was facing the wrong way but i had to just i just came back and he was gone when i mm-hmm. when i came back but well it went smooth for you he caught it in the trap and didn't tell anybody and i let the dog out she got sprayed i got sprayed we ended up having to clean ourselves up it was shenanigans and disaster but i'm glad the rest of it went smoothly yeah yeah, yeah. And I f- if you could tell by the sound of my voice i've I definitely was like sick like two or three days ago, and the, but we had like this another crazy windstorm that blew in, and mm-hmm. I don't know. There was like it, there was dust covered on everything, like all the vehicles and everything, and yeah. like I, I I don't know. So I I it was a mixture of sickness and like I, I've never had allergies in my life. But I feel like I have it because I'm just all like stuffy mm-hmm. and sinusy and stuff. But I believe it's called a Desoto, and it Desoto, right? I think, uh, but it was in Oklahoma, and there were winds up to 180 miles an hour. And we were on the very outskirts of the storm cell. It's a massive storm cell, and it covered the whole state of Oklahoma. And we're right there in uh, north central Texas. So we caught what it was like upwards of 45 mile an hour winds. It was pretty intense here. It was kind of it, it was blowing the roof. So I, I definitely need to check the roof tomorrow. It was I, t- the skunk I completely smell forgot. Around. <laughs> yeah. Well, it blew out one of the the ceiling panels in the littlest room, and uh, you could see the roof. Um, the plastic and the insulation blowing about. So I need to, to check the roof, actually. I'm glad I just remembered that because I completely forgot. Uh, before that, though, last Friday, we had the open mic at the Taste of the Islands. And I host ended up hosting the whole thing, which was so much fun. I had a blast doing that. I felt so comfortable on stage. I really missed it. Uh, we had 20 open micers show up shout out to all you guys for supporting and for letting us love on you and support you as well we'll be doing it the last friday of every month from now on um so that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun yeah and i think it went well because like the owner was there and uh, you know people showed up people were buying stuff so you know the whole a couple of videos i watched the whole thing about like hosting an event or an open mic is to provide value to the venue so i'm glad that because otherwise any fr- i mean I, people rent the venue out but otherwise like none of those people would have been there buying stuff so i'm hoping i, I could tell i think it went well she said she was already asking other people yeah, were asking her about, really it and, about it yeah she was really happy with the turnout and everything flowed real real smoothly uh, i'm feeling better these days i put myself on my own kind of natural prescription of some free-form amino acids um, just a full spectrum of them. And I've been taking Alpha Brain uh, by Onnit. Uh, that's uh, been really, really helping with the nootropics. So 
cognitive ability, memory, focus, everything. Um, I've been taking an exorbitant amount just to just to boost myself of the amino acids, um, amino acid profile. I can already see a difference in my skin and feel a difference in my joints and muscles and ligaments and tendons and whatnot. And then also put myself on a mega dose of cod liver oil and uh, ooh, and um, omega three fatty acids. So. I'm sure you notice I'm a lot more, a lot more up this week. Happy about that. Sleeping better. Um, the sun's come out, so I've been in the garden planting all the things and reimagining the food forest and setting some new stuff up. That's been fun. Seedlings are popping up. The, f the fruit trees are blooming. Everything's bud breaking. So, oh, here comes the rain. So life is in full effect. What you got going on? I was I've been reading it. Well, I've been listening to this uh, audiobook, Born to Run, which is a uh, really got me back back into. I mean, obviously, like spring too, like you're saying, but it got me rejuvenated into like running again, and uh, for various reasons. But uh, I don't know the book. It talks about like just like the how we were like literally like born like bred to run like how um just the, our, through evolution and how like we evolved into like just even like the certain specifics to like we have the, like this specific little nunca uh tendon in the back of our head that like stabilizes our head when we run and only like mm -hmm. dogs and horses have it because like if you watch like a pig run like they did like on a treadmill it's like just flying all over the place and and uh and also you know it keeps us stable and 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 they're correlating to our that whole thing about like some point in history our brains like doubling in size and they're correlating to like some people say something else it was diet which you know they're saying we're starting a lot more protein but but also uh you know just that the fact that running like might have made made us made our brains bigger but and then it was talking about like you know how shoes or running shoes are like terrible for us and how nike kind of created that business model and kind of created a problem and then then made an offer to like a solution for it and um i don't know it is it's a, it's an awesome but and it's talking about the turimari people turahu mm -hmm. turimari huari but these like it's like a run the last like running they're like the running people in mexico and yeah. like that's like all they do is run and they run like 20 like marathons are like nothing for them like they there's like this one guy who like tried to take him to colorado and, and did this like uh these like 100 mile mountain runs and stuff and like they because at first people tried to put him in marathons and they didn't like win him, so people are like, "Oh, these guys aren't really that great." But then they're telling him like, "Yeah, marathons are they're kind of too short for these people because like they start kicking it in like at 40, 50 miles and then they just like leave everyone in the dust." And <coughs> but they correlated to because they they have like fun doing it, like <coughs> or it's just enjoyable. And like at one point, uh, it was like mile eighty or ninety or something in one of these, and there's like this huge like ascent they have to go up, and then they uh. Goodness. I am so sorry. Uh-oh. <coughs> Too much powder? Uh, I had a terrible tickle in my throat. <laughs> we'll take a pause. Mm, apologies, I got a terrible tickle in my throat. Woo! You were saying. 
Uh, yeah, I'm trying to see what, what specifics about this uh, tribe that I have. Some notes. Mm -hmm. Let me see. Well, I remember I was watching a documentary. I think it was just um, tribal people documentary. And I remember, oh, yeah, I was looking them up because I was looking at their um, their food practices and the way that they, they grow food up in the up in the canyons and how they live within the caves and I thought it was just so gorgeous and simple and their um ooh their how they adorn themselves their outfits the way that they create their their cloth is so colorful and and yeah. beautiful just everything about the way that they live is so fascinating They're such reclusive people and the author is saying for people like because they literally they talk about people who like would try and find them and they literally like stumble like they're walking on top of their houses and they don't even know that they're there but uh for people who are so reclusive they they look fantastic like they're they're bright colors a bit yeah but, lots uh, of blue and but, red and but they wear like like these rubber like uh what are muck not mucklucks uh what are those things you used to sell oh yeah yeah hordachis uh, hordachis hordachis mm -hmm. and they like so, and they're like running these crazy marathons yeah. like 100 mile races in these shitty sandals and like smoking people but uh one thing I was talking about, like, shoes, like, one guy who was, like, a runner, he was, like, a track guy, and he he started going barefoot slash minimal footwear, and uh, they said uh, his shoe size went from, like, a size 12 to size 9 because, of, like, his arches got higher and, like, uh, just not stuffed in his shoe, and, like, he's running, like, on the, he's, instead of heel striking, he's, like, in the front, and... Yeah. Oh, and one thing I loved about their one of their secret energy foods was a uh, is ischietta, I think it was called, and it's like hey, it's like chia seeds, a little mm -hmm. sugar and lime, and like so soaked. But some one of them was saying it was kind of like a liquid, but I don't know if it's like a liquidy slash. Like I think they just do a higher ratio, and they just like drink it. But yeah, and it's like they swear it just gives them like super energy, and that got me. We used to drink, eat it all the time. And that got me back into that too, and. I eat chia seeds every day. I, I, I love my chia pudding. I can't live without it. A lot of It's kind of an acquired taste for a lot of people, so I just keep it to myself. But I make um, all sorts of different versions of it. I, I love them. But I, and that's just wonderful, especially when we are vegan. It's wonderful because it's, um, um, uh, it's a complete protein nutritionally. And so I, I, even though I eat them every day, it's just because I had such an exorbitant amount of stress for the last year and a half or so, or two years, that um, it was really wearing and tearing on my immune system. My nervous system was completely uh, out of balance, but we're coming back online with everything, which is really great. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I, it's so cute to see you soaking your chia seeds making your chia pudding for the next day because I'm like, aw, someone's eating chia with me again. <laughs> yeah, like when I'm eating it and like when I'm running, I think about these Churo Mari, Churo Mari people and I'm just like, oh man, these guys could go crazy. And like, and they're, they're talking about that chia seed thing and how it looks like homebrewed. Uh oh. Oh. Whoa. That'll look cool on video. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the big storm's coming in. I need to close this window actually. But they called it homebrewed Red Bull because it just like, just juices them up. And it was talking about how, you know, how they're running and then there's like a, a village kind of, they live in this crazy canyon that's like in the middle of nowhere and it's like kind of like no man's land where uh, there's like some people like go on the run there from the Mexican government and they kind of establish where like, all right, if you go out there, you're like, we're not going to chase you because you're kind of on your own. You're going to, you're pretty much going to die out there. But, yeah. but these people like live and thrive out there and they're talking about one village that's kind of like a little miles down the canyon 
It was called uh, uh, Mesa de la Yerba Buena, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had like the they they had some of the best runners that would come out of there. And then the Mexican government put like this road like on one of their trails, so like trucks started coming down there. Oh, and no. and then they and then they so they started bringing in stuff they didn't normally eat, like sugar, chocolate, Soda. starches. Soda was one, and then Wheat. and then so. Instead yeah. of like working and being, because they're essentially like hunter gatherers, they sent pretty much. But and then uh, so people started like working in like dishwashers and shit. In the they get rides in the city and just jobs. And then like twenty years later, there were no runners in that little village at all because they all just got you know westernized essentially. There's nothing more heartbreaking. It's crazy. Twenty years. That's like one generation. It just yeah, it happens that qu- that quickly. Yeah. Cause, so yeah. yeah, they stop working their own land and yeah, just working for the industry. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nutrition can be so simple, especially when you're just dealing with whole foods. And what I watched in the documentary was that they do grow some of their food, but it's really minimal. Like she had onions and peppers and um, I think she had like, it, it almost looked like Indian red rice or something, uh, like a quinoa type of. Was this the like Churumari people? Rice, yeah, like a rice grass. Mm. And she would collect that. But I loved the way that they, they just had ladders up to their caves up in the canyon. And then they would just pull the ladders up and they would just be in this uh, this cave. And they had little... Like in the... Yeah, in a canyon. Yeah, they had little shelving with their with their minimal uh, potware, cooking ware, and whatever they needed. An extra pair of shoes, their wadachis. And I just love how minimal and simple. And the more minimal and simple that people are, tend, they tend to be the, the happiest. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I, I don't remember what people they were talking about, but they were talking about how, oh, it was like these, this guy was trying to, he was looking into persistence hunting, which is they just, you know, they just run until the animal gets tired, which mm-hmm. they found out it's really not that, like, ext- I mean, there's a lot of work involved, but it, it only takes, like, three to five hours max, they yeah, said. to Because um, this doctor w- was obsessed with it, and he it took him forever to even find persistent. There's, like, literally six it was like six dudes that he found that did it in the whole world. And it took it was like in somewhere in South Africa, and it took him mm-hmm. forever to find them. But uh, and so he like went out. He like lived with them for like four years, and he was talking about like because he was like this crazy doctor talking about he was talking about so much about like lung capacity and like this crazy amount of like how we can certain animal like he was talking about yeah, like we can cheetahs any animal on the when planet cheetahs run they their organs like slosh around so like every time they go forward like they take their back extends their organs like hit their lungs so it kind of helps them take a breath and it goes back out but but they only get like a certain amount per footsteps and then but like for human we can do like as as many as we want and then how so he's just talking about how these animals get overheated when they just chase them and then they just like lay down and then they just like stab them and then they just like you know collect them but but even then it took them like they had to hike like 20 like they said they hiked 20 out uh 20 miles and then they got to the point where they saw the the first they tried to do was a uh, uh, gazelle, and then there was like a kudu, and then they're, but they were talking about how they like uh, the kudu took longer, but they because uh, because you think they just chase one, and but they're they're smart because they knew well, they, and they know the game that's going on, so they they tire one out, and then they would circle back into the pack, and then they they lose which one they were chasing. So then, but they're talking about how these trackers were so good that they would track their their footprints and specific ones and their dung based on their intestines that shape it so they were these guys they're, these guys are crazy but how, how good they were but mm-hmm. I don't know I just thought that was super interesting it is super interesting I 
um, it made me think about this opportunity that we have with um, Sharon and Billy. They they own the they have the Calhoun farm that we were speaking to in a, in a prior episode, but they're going nomadic for about a year, just like Sister Francis and the family. A lot of people that I know actually are, are wanting to go uh, nomadic again. They're they're itching, feeling this this vibe of movement again. So um, Sharon's actually wanting to get uh, rid of some of her goats. So we've been considering that. And <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of variables that play into that. But um, the reason I brought that up is because you were talking about them just you know gutting the animal. And we were talking about whether we would be capable of harvesting a goat or not. Yeah. For me, because that's, I you mean, like we want the experience of, of raising a mammal, of raising uh, a larger livestock, you know, a, a ruminant. Yeah, because things uh, get different starting when out with goats. you yeah. harvest a mammal versus like a, a bird, you just chopped their head off. Because then <laughs> well, unless, you so shoot, unless you shoot its head, you got to like cut its throat. And I'm like, that's so much more visceral. Because you're a little, uh, you're a little uh, removed when you like chop. I, I mean, I guess you still have using like a, a knife, but, or an axe type of thing. Well, hatchet, so we haven't. Har- you're a lot yeah. more in there and you're going to feel like the blood come out and. We haven't harvested a live mammal yet. It's it's been roadkill or found meat and um so i'm curious i'm curious if you could see yourself put yourself in that position and see yourself doing it i mean if i had to yeah but it's just you know you're it's because it's one of those things because i i remember hearing ranella talk about uh he's the host of mediator and he he was in new zealand and he was with this dude who hunted pigs with knives or dogs and knives and mm-hmm. so the dogs would uh just chase him into these holes and then they'd get stuck in there, and he'd literally just pull them out by their their legs. And he he was so good at he just like knew where to stab them in the heart. And they're just talking about how you're you're sharing their last breath and how intimate it is versus like you know a rifle you can be like hundreds of yards away and shoot it, but or a bow you're a little closer, but it's it's a lot yeah. more a lot more intimate. So it's like uh, I think I agree with that more. I mean, every time we harvest an animal, we pray over it anyway. So I think it would it would be the same. I think it, there would even be more soul in it than. Than with a chicken, I would dr- I would try its blood. I would take like a like a little so- uh, a little shot of blood. I wouldn't drink yeah. a whole lot because I don't want to like shock my system. But just that's what hunter gatherers do, and like they, uh, you know, and they always have like the healthiest guts, yeah. like, the gut so biome. But I'm Izzy, down to try it. Izzy and I were talking about this because in Jamaica they have you know like goat head soup, and um, West Indies they do like a blood stew and. Um, so it's Spartan you know, style, and they, yeah, and so I, of course, am curious and want to try these things, especially culturally for the girls because it's part of their culture. So, do you want to get? I mean, because you know we have to like build a shelter for them and shit. Or do you just want to get them and harvest them? Like, I don't, I don't know about like well, keeping gonna them come around over and, and help us build a lean-to. They might just even bring theirs on the trailer. Um, I do want them. I, I want them to clear all the poison ivy because they're really good for that. So we have that massive poison ivy tree. I'd love for them to eat, and then um, they're f- for their fertilizer, of course, because I want a massive compost pile. I'm starting one in the middle of the food forest. Yeah, I mean, we just don't right have that now. much like grass like over there anymore. Like no grass. Yeah, grows, but, but I can harvest to, like, all the grass from Bill's side. Some feed and stuff. I could take a ton of grass from Bill's side, and especially after they mow, I can just rake all that up. 
that's not a problem. Grass is not a problem around here. We, we don't have a problem finding it. Yeah. Well, um, one last thing on the on the uh, I found super interesting was they they look this the in terms of the running, this guy the doctor who lived with the persistence hunters he they did this thing where they looked at it was like in two thousand nine they looked at like the uh, New York no Boston Marathon runners and their their times and their ages and like I think they did it for a few years but they were talking about how at age nineteen they started at nineteen and then you. Each year up till 27, you'd, you'd peak at 27 in terms of, like, times. And then, uh, and I'll ask you the riddle, or the, the it's kind of like a quan, but at what age do you, okay, so it takes from 19 to 27, you hit your, like, your peak term in terms of times, and then how long, at what age do you think it takes to get back to where you were at 19? Like, because that's, like, a eight-year gap. Like, what age do you think it get, gets back to how good you were at 19? I don't think I really understand the question. Okay, so they just took the age from 19 and the bet, like the for the runners and the times, the best was at twenty seven, twenty seven years old. Was, oh, okay. Well, that was their peak years, peak mm-hmm. times. Yeah. And then, so that's an eight year gap. So, so up in nineteen, twenty one, each year that you know your times get better, mm-hmm. and the twenty seven they they taper down. But at what age they taper down? At what age do you think it tapers down towards back to the nineteen year old I'd times? I'd say forty two, probably around forty two. The author, his guess was forty five, or he was yeah. like. He thought thirty-five, and then he's like, then yeah, he was goes forty. Say, forty-five was my initial and then he answer, goes, and, then and then I the, was like, probably the guy smiled. And the guy smiled, and he goes forty-five, and then uh, but it turns out it was like sixty-four. It was the age of like that their times are equivalent to like nineteen-year-olds, and he's talking about how like no like long distance running and how you know what other what other activity or sport is like can a 64 year old compete with 19 year olds and he's just talking about like the longevity of it and how we're like kind of like again born to run like because how we can do that forever yeah, and like how it, training it, is like that, it uh though. you know yeah. keeps us it's kept us alive for a long time bodybuilding is the same way um i got to witness that firsthand with my dad because he was a in he was a senior olympics bodybuilder at one point and i remember him being better in his in his 60s and 70s than he was when he was teaching me how to rollerblade when he was like 55 years old so it's one of those it's one of those um you know long-standing trainings those endurance trainings where you just get better with age i think surfing's kind of the same way i witnessed that with surfing anything on wheels of course you know is a little trickier <laughs> yeah just balance and stuff but. yeah but also um with like old clients of mine i had a client that was how old is he? yeah he was he was in his early 60s and uh, he was a mountain uh dirt biker you know he did mountain trail biking and until he snapped his neck he he really fucked up his neck really bad he was uh, pretty incredible he used to watch me show me footage of his gopro I just couldn't believe some of these trails this guy took. Like, it just looked like you were just going to fall straight down off the side of the, you know, in his 60s. So these people, they give me hope to keep, um, you know, honing my body as right. I get older. Yeah, to just get better with age. Yeah, that was Especially like, with training muscles. That's what brought me to this Muscles get better with age. Of, it's like, uh, we've, I've heard this in terms of other, other words oh. put in. It said, uh... <laughs> You don't stop running because you get old. You get old because you stop running. Yeah. So basically saying how... Yeah, if you stop moving, your body starts to atrophy. It's just yeah. like dancing, just using your walking, le- just, any just move your le- They're talking about, yeah, yeah just like... And I, I saw, like, some recent studies about that, about, like... Because it's almost like... Uh, 
but you know, fat shamers take offense to this about how just getting up and exercising and how, Hey, you know, how it helps with like your mental health and your physical health about, uh, this kind of adds to the show. This, I hope, <laughs> I hope this wasn't like the final one. No, this is kind of fun. Wow. Uh, well, that's kind of, that, that reminds me of the six doctors, right? The six doctors, uh, there's, you know, movement, diet, well, ex- exercise, right, is, is equal to movement, diet, sun, fresh water, fresh air, and adequate sleep. Like, those are the six things that you essentially need in order to maintain uh, fantastic health in life. Other than that, you really don't need much. You know? Yeah. If, if you look to those six doctors first, then you won't need a medical doctor. <laughs> For much yeah in terms of like uh obviously yeah you like you know what do they call it like uh the the type of medical doc like like you know how they say like our medical medical system came from like war trauma infant no not infantry uh nursery you know but ours is you know it's great for like if you get your leg blown off or you need to like yeah, shit like, like triage. that triage yes thank mm-hmm. you it's great for that but in terms of like going to that for like you know your your hormonal health or yeah. like your you know overall mental health like it's not great for that but but yeah in terms of yeah because yeah, you're talking if you get care. sun mm-hmm. you know that's like all that'll balance all your hormones and like air, which is hard air and water because that's all you know things get so polluted nowadays but so that's harder too but and the diet the food but so I was it's just like leading a breathwork exercise yesterday and and inviting people to engage with me in a breathwork exercise and breathing Okay, so breathing is just automatic, right? It's part of your atomic system, uh, automatic system. But to properly breathe and to breathe in and to take in life and to expel stress and to, and you know, there's there's different um, breath meditations that, that help, that help um, with detox, right? There's like detox breathing, there's energetic breathing, like yesterday, I was engaging in circle breathing, which can get actually really intense. And most of the time, you, you do that in through the nose and out through the nose. And so you just do that continuously. And it creates this sort of euphoric, out-of-body experience after a while. But what I was engaging in, <clears throat> what I was inviting people to engage with me in, was in through the nose, out through the mouth. So that whenever we brought in that delicious prana, we would try to amplify it. And, and I was leading the meditation in having someone imagine or envision soaking in and taking in energy through every surface of your skin you know breathing in through your skin through your whole vessel your whole being and then whenever you breathe out instead of just expelling stress actually amplifying your energy and and radiating out um, an amplified energy so that we were just this cycle of gorgeous amplifying breath sitting together you know so so I mean you might not have the freshest air <laughs> if you're living in the western world but what you can do is is focus on properly breathing you know really taking in that the richness of life the prana the good shit Right, right. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember that breathing book you're reading. Uh, I remember reading that a while back, and the only quote I remember from it is, breath is the bridge between uh, 
spirit and matter. That's right. And I always thought that was a great quote. Just putting in perspective of uh, the power of breathing and what it connects to, how it connects, yeah, spirit to body and yeah, what you can do with it. And Yes. There's so much power in breath. Even just one tip, if I was to leave uh, one tip with anyone, anyone who's ever ever asked or with my clients is uh, six deep breaths. There's two rules that you can remember if you're having, if you're prone to panic attacks or anxiety attacks, or if you just, if you're doing a body scan and you notice the tightness in your chest and the tightness in your gut, um, and if you're about to get explosive with somebody or you're getting a little self-abusive because you're making you know, perceived mistakes, or you're just having a stressful day, just to step back, count backwards from five, five, four, three, two, one, and take six deep breaths. Because whenever you go into that stress mode, your mind, your mind shuts down and you don't remember all of your coping skills or all the tools in your toolbox just kind of fall all over the floor and you forget yourself. But the two easiest things to remember are those six deep breaths. I count backwards from five, six deep breaths, just to talk down your nervous system, just to get yourself equalized again. It's a good tip. I, I just thought I'd bring that to the table. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Thank you. I got a random question for you. What was the first thing you shoplifted? Um, I was never much of a shoplifter, but when my eldest was an infant and we had gotten out of uh, growing, um, we were we were in Denver and we were growers, and I wanted to get out of growing because I now had a child, and um, the carpet business that I had that we had shared was going under because there was this influx of people that were coming across the border and they were working um, for far less than we were and they were supplying carpet for far less than we were yeah so literally the the South Park they took our jobs it seriously happened to us Um, so we were in a bit of a tough time and we had quite a lifestyle to maintain at the time and so i had never even shopped at walmart because i didn't want to be part of the big box brand um but yeah one time i'm telling on myself right now but yeah one time (laughs) i had put a bunch of like a bulk meat in the bottom of my cart and like you know big boxes of of food and I paid for everything that was in the top of my cart, and I walked out. How old were you? Um, was it the first thing you ever shoplifted? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. You never took, like, candy bars as a kid or anything? or? No, that was my little brother. He, he was the thief. Uh, he and my mom were thieves. But I... There was, <laughs> I always had this code of ethics with myself. I, I was like, no, if I haven't earned it, I'm, you know it's it's not mine and i and i couldn't my conscience was so sensitive i couldn't live with myself with it so yeah i never really shoplifted before that time before 
desperation hit and I needed to feed my family. The classic steal a loaf of bread thing or whatever. Yeah. Mine was... Um, I was about to ask, what was yours? Avocados? When I was a kid, <laughs> uh, I don't know, probably like eight, five, I don't know, seven. That's so bad. I don't know, anywhere from like five to ten. I'm so bad with these kind of numbers. But I remember, you know, we didn't have internet back then or cell phones. And, you know, me and my brother would play video games. And I'm trying to remember which specific ones we'd play, but... You know, we'd get stuck on levels, and, you know, we didn't know how to get beat this level or something. And so the, the only way back back then was they had, like, gaming magazines at, like, grocery stores that would give you, like, cheat codes or just, they'd like, literally like, walk you through the game. Like, if you get stuck here, this is, what, you know, what, things to do. So uh, I remember us, like, taking those magazines and just putting it in our pants and covering our shirts and, you know, just walk upright so you couldn't see it. And just out of out of, uh, out of uh, a. <laughs> desperation for the video game we that was the first thing we ever stole was Damn. gaming magazines <laughs> so asian and nerdy <laughs> oh i was a huge gamer too in my in my young adulthood um yeah i but i was so i was such a an avid customer at this game store up in denver that they used to give me all of their displays like their their outdated neon displays and like pop-up displays and stuff and i would get uh, first dibs on the new releases and they would always just hook me up with the cheat code mags and books and whatnot so I kind of had a had an in on that that was nice <laughs> yeah being a girl helps yeah but I but I never used them until I absolutely got so frustrated like I remember the first time I used it for Tomb Raider I was always kind of prideful that way too I was like no I can figure this out until I just got so stuck I absolutely yeah, same. Just that's couldn't why we get any further. Because they're like, dude, like, we are stuck. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I think I did that for Meta Metal Gear Solid 2. I was stuck in this warehouse one time with a bunch of boxes, and I couldn't figure out the puzzle. Like, you know how you had to rearrange the um, the crates inside the to get through the the warehouse? I never played it. Oh, okay. But yeah, anytime, like, yeah, there's like a puzzle or like. Yeah. Especially like a. Uh, like adventure games where you like you know like you have to like get this one thing and they'll tell you like oh you have to get it like way back in this city that you're in so you're like oh shit like i would never would have guessed that but yeah i used to love to finish a game and then go back through and play on just story mode and find all the the hidden uh art you know like artifacts and treasures and and whatnot like gems and things i remember the first i think the non like gaming magazine besides like candy bars and shit i remember the first thing, uh, I think my brother did it, but we were like did it in together. But it was like a, it was like a Sum Forty One CD album, and it was like <laughs> we're like, dude, when it's like storming through the party, like my name is El Nino, and we're like, dude, we gotta have that man, and, and they're like, but he showed me them afterwards. I was like, yeah, this is pretty good, and I'm like, <laughs> and I remember once that reminded me of, I think it was like second or third grade. We had to like write poems, and I remember looking up lyrics, and uh. One, I remember, no, I th we had to, okay, this is two stories. One, we had to, like, bring it, like, write a poem, and I remember I, I, I stole some Linkin Park lyrics, and, it was, and I remember the teacher was like, whoa, it was, it was, it was like, you can't run the race because the pace is too fast, you just won't last, and I remember my teacher was like, wow, that's pretty good. The pace <laughs> is like, too fast, you just won't last. Yeah. And then I remember one year, we had to bring in, like, bring in lyrics, and it was like a, uh, it was on the radio, and I remember it was like that Nickelback song that was, uh been down to the bottom of every bottle oh, and i remember i didn't know i didn't even see any harm in that i didn't know what the, i didn't know that meant alcohol 
And then I remember my t- the teacher was like, um, maybe we should change bottle to can. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, what's the difference? But I, I, was like, <laughs> I thought it was like a soda bottle, but. <laughs> oh, that's silly. Bottle to can. But yeah, I, I see the dilemma as a, an adult with these little kids, and you're like, oh, this is talking about drinking you know, you know, the whole whiskey bottle or something. So. You got a soda <laughs> problem, brother. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> uh. What made you ask that about shoplifting? What made you think about that? I don't know. I was listening to something, and there someone was like talking about some of their first shoplifting uh, stories, and that maybe it just got me thinking. I was like, "Yeah, what was mine?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, definitely those gaming magazines." And so I just thought I'd ask you to see what uh, what your answer was. Yeah, it, that was it. And then um, when you and I got together. We had a little stint of just like, damn the man, and. <laughs> well, that's when I was. Yeah, I was coming <laughs> off the road, we so were, um, I was shop. What did we used to call it? We were just like freeing watermelons. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. We're liberating. We were just liberating them. That's all. I mean, because I was like living on the in my car on the road. I remember I was yeah take. I, I remember specifically in. God, I'm so stuffy. In uh, H Street in San Francisco, I remember there's like a market there, and I would just pocket avocados there all the time. And I think I stole vitamins one time, like, uh, and uh, because like every, especially because every time I would leave and then come, every time I'd go into the city, I'd get like horrendously mucusy and like coughing shit up. And and so I remember like I was like I remember stealing uh, stealing like some vitamins and shit. And yeah, but yeah, I remember like especially like specifically they have like a shitload of like like overly ripe avocados, and I remember just like I had this like. Remember that little red uh, button jacket thing I had with all those little Indian faces on there? People, it had like a kind of a loose pocket on there, so I would just it, like it, so you couldn't it wouldn't bulge out. So I just put avocado in there, and it would, you couldn't even <laughs> tell. So and I was like, every time I and it's like fifty, it's like a dollar, and I'm like, <laughs> but I'm like, uh. yeah, but yeah, we did get caught. Uh, uh, well, we didn't. We we ate them in the store. It was a those protein cookies and we ate them and the store it and then post workout and we went to go get supplies emergency supplies for the type 1 diabetic in the family yeah the nurse at the school caller called us um and we were famished because we just finished a, a workout which was pretty hardcore and so we figured we just we'd pay for it at the front and you know we were grazing and we got yeah we got um detained for grazing for like a dollar 75 yeah a power bar wasn't like, it like, a, like granola bar no it was like those mike and ike not well mike you and had ike, a, those one of mike those and Larry. protein cookies yeah. and i had a well i would definitely was gonna pay i remember because i remember i stashed I like a kind bar i, I pretended like i was grabbing something else and then i put my wrapper in there and then so when they were they pulled us in that little room i was you know there he was like where's your wrapper at and i was like i don't know man <laughs> oh i'm like you, you tell me <laughs> And then when we were Mine ad- was in my purse. I was like, dude, I could just go pay for it right now. And she's like, that's not the point. It's not how it works. That's not how it works. If you could just, everyone would just go. Do you know how many people have asked me if they could just go back and pay for it? I was like, why wouldn't you just let someone go back and pay for it? That seems like the quickest route to justification. Yeah, save some paperwork, me. man. But no. Let's write some wrongs here. It's the, um, the, the principle. principle of the thing. And then after we were done, I remember... Uh, um, in my shoe, I totally forgot about it. Thank God they didn't search us, but I had a, a joint rolled up in a paper, in a plastic bag in my shoe. And we got out, and I was like, 
Oh my god, that was probably the sweetest joint I've ever smoked. But oh my gosh. I just remember, like, because we were there was like five cops in there, and I was like, <laughs> so well, they illegally searched my purse first of all, and then I had I had a big unmarked bottle of Ylang Ylang essential oil in my purse, and it's in a you know like in a brown um, dropper bottle, and he goes, "What is this?" and and the lady, oh yeah, it did have a little label on it. it said Ylang Ylang on it. And she goes, that's an essential oil. What's that? You sure this isn't like acid or something? Mm-hmm. And, and she goes, oh my gosh. She rolled his eyes at him. And then, oh, I had one of my client's credit cards in my purse because I was getting, I don't know, supplements for them or something. Not that they at left the time it. They or... left it at the, at the house. And... And yeah, so they they confiscated the credit card. They actually called my client, confiscated the credit card, and I had to explain to them later what happened. And it was just, thankfully, they were so understanding about it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think, I didn't realize that that's like looks bad. Like having, they're like, oh, I guess you like have multiple identities and you're using fake credit cards. I was like, oh god, I didn't even. (laughs) think like that but i see how why they were thinking that so innocent and they just turned it into this i think we had to pay like it was like 175 bucks each or something 300 dollars a piece oh a piece i can remember that was 340 dollars a piece yeah the most expensive cookie i've ever (laughs) eaten yeah oh wow anyway stories from the fringe of our our run-ins with the law our seedier sides y'all (laughs) <laughs> it's not even that i mean i get it but yeah i'm like i, I just i don't feel i would never steal from like a, a a person but yeah like when it's like a giant corporation or something i'm like i obviously you shouldn't do it but i'm like uh, my my uh not sympathy but yeah whatever i just i'm like whatever what like this is hurting your bottom line i'm like come on but i get it that like it can be it can snowball and but you know how in like I think it's specifically California where now, I don't know if it's still going on, but definitely during like uh, pandemic times, they were, had this law where it's like, if you weren't stealing, shoplifting something up to like a thousand dollars, $999, they weren't going to like do anything. They just let you walk out. So people are just stealing shit all the time. Well, that's a pretty wacky, uh, that's where like defund the police gets you, I guess. Mm. I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> I had a dead end with that. And my my mind shuts down now. When? Just, what do you mean? Uh, I don't know. Just speaking to to any of the systems now, it's like my brain just shuts down. It shuts off. Shuts down. Oh. I kind of like it. It's nice. My timeline's just totally dissolved for me. You know, we're just living in a, a higher dimension of being now. Um, oh, speaking of which, I, I was on this rockin' energy high today because I got to model with, um, with a galactic fairy friend of mine, some of the, the soul family, uh, Miss Peyton, we got to model together today. And it was the first time that I've modeled with another, another figure model in, in town. Uh, so that was a really cool experience. And when we showed up, we both had pink hair. <laughs> which was kind of it was kind of cool um it turned out really really great in in the in the sketches everyone really appreciated that um 
Michael had dubbed us the the pink haired goddesses. Nice. Yeah. So we created this this gorgeous energy bubble in the room. It was really electric in there today. Speaking of fun. two goddesses, this is a quote I had from the book Born to Run. It was talking about it was talking about how like just running like they literally said like um I like got running at first was like a which was for fun and just what people do, but when it turned when, when money got into it, like and turned into a business, like Nike and all these sponsors and shit, like they they said literally like times got slower because it was like there's like money involved, and then uh you know eventually they got back up, but but then it was talking about uh uh there's two goddesses in your heart, mm-hmm. uh wisdom and wealth. Wisdom should come first. Give lo- give it love and attention. Wealth will get jealous and come running after. Basically talking about like doing something, you know, following, doing something because you want to, because it's out of your heart. Not like, well, this will make me money. And so, you know, you, you, your whole approach is that versus like, yes. you know, going through the, because then they were relating that to like the Tura Umari people and like, they just run, they literally like, they literally have like smiles on their faces when they're like yeah. at mile 80 and shit. And like when they hit, there's a big hill coming and they're like smiling and shit. Yeah. And so they're talking about how, and there's like this one woman who is just super determined to like beat them and. And uh, and she was like set this crazy pace, and she was way ahead of him and shit. And at this one specific race, it was like a hundred miles, and and then she was dominating everyone. And then by yeah, like mile eighty, ninety, like one of the guys that said, uh, you know, you know, get, you know, say it's get that deer, pretend it was like a deer essentially. And they, you know, they were smiling, and then they just like took off, and like they passed her, and then um, and she was like, she she literally got demoralized because she was like just you know mechanical running and just trying to go go and then and when she said when they like beat run by at that very toward the end when they beat like running by her she said she just like quit because she was just like oh my god this is like how are they having like fun doing this like i'm like miserable she wasn't passion driven anymore like it was yeah it's like ego based and yeah just like i I need to win versus like these guys are just like yeah it's what what we do this is fun like i'll go catch them when you run for joy i'm in that mode right now too when um i'm creating business and i'm kind of in this position where i'm pulling together all of these quilt pieces it's kind of like creating granny squares in crochet and then needing to connect all these granny squares together so i have all of these these um various focal points and i'm trying to draw them all together in this this gorgeous quilt this fabric and the vision is becoming clearer and clearer of how to monetize that but i'm just leading with the the joy of creating there's just the joy of creating all of it and whatever i'm wanting to create and then just pulling the fabric of the quilt together to create uh you know to monetize it but i mean the vision is still it's a little murky in areas but i can see it and i can feel it coming closer together it's like all of these soul sisters that are also drawing closer together and we're all um all of our own individual uh, qualities and arts and businesses are overlapping in ways where i i can see how there's there's going to be this culmination um we're all co-creating together and it's going to create this like sisterhood business in a way so that's that's really exciting and on the horizon right now sisterhood business yeah they're all doing like one where there's like there's crossover happening i can see it coming you know because we're wanting to co-create all this this art and 
like gatherings and um you know, just cross-se- cross-sectioning of passions and cross-sectioning of creations. And uh, anyway, the reason I was saying that is because if you're doing what you love and you're doing what brings you joy and um, that's your first f- focus, uh, and then the money will come. Yeah, like the example, one of the examples it gave was, like, what, do you, it's like, do you remember being a kid when you, you know, you're just having fun and you're just like running off and like your parents have to tell you like, slow down because, you know, but because you're just, in the moment and just run having fun and you're like going fast and versus like oh because i remember just like at soccer like i would love like the game and just playing was like my favorite part but like when they, they would sometimes they would time us for like a mile like and like i fucking hated that like just get because when i i never like keep track of my t- like times and shit because like yeah. that it just sucks the joy Once of it because then you're like i gotta be, I gotta be faster out of it like, i gotta be yeah. faster and like just improve and like yeah i'm like oh it's not That's the point i never try to organize the girls play i never have or tell them to slow down i never discourage them from while and out and so yeah sometimes they hurt themselves but i always made sure you know that they were in a S- somewhat safe container or at least I was close enough that I could step in whenever I needed to but I, I was never one of those moms just like slow down you're gonna hurt yourself which which I understand um but I, I'm not that I'm not that mom or friend or partner I'm always going to encourage people to just just while out and do them especially if you're following your joy you know I'm like yeah go head on into that of course um if I see that you're you're putting yourself in harm's way, then I'll be like eh, a little gentle. Eh, maybe we're going a little too far. What well, do you think? Yeah, I mean, so I I don't really say it either, but there's times when, especially if it's gonna be like a long thing, and I see people just going fast early, and I'm like, I just like take the like the like the wise like hawk in the back. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, well, you know, we'll you know, we'll I'll see we'll see how it goes at the by the time we're at the end because like, you're and then you know you burn out quick and. So no, I, I'm always and, plus, and people need to learn that lesson through through experience too. So if you yeah. tell them like, hey, you need to say, you know, it, it, it's just you know you got to let them learn that. Yeah, you learn through experience. It's seven twenty six right now. I don't know. If... Ooh, it's time to go. Well, it's over time to go. We gotta go. Okay. Okay. This time to go to Taekwondo. Thank you guys banger. for stopping by and hopefully we survive this storm. <laughs> Love you. Love from the French. Thank you, French family. Hope we're not. Hope my voice sounds better next week. Mwah. Mwah.